0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Connects podcast. Today, I'm here with Bert Faribaugh, Director of Field Applications Engineering. And today we're here to talk a little bit about the data bus. Uh, Bert, thanks for being with us. Sure, no problem. So I'd like to take a little bit of time to talk about the data bus. I know plenty of people have heard of a database, uh, but a data bus is actually its own thing and very unique. And it's actually the architecture that Connect DDS is built on. So can you start off by telling us a little bit about what a data bus is? how it works and why people should care.
1: Uh, yeah, it's interesting that you kind of already mentioned database in that regard because almost everybody knows about what a database is. Everybody pretty much works or lives in some way, shape, or form, have to um, rely on a database to work, right? You go and you go to the airport and you get a ticket for your plane. All of that is being done through a database of um, what seats are available and what the pricing is and everything. Um, and so that technology of um, using a database has been around for a very long time because it works very well. And it works very well because it's centered around the information itself, right? But that information in a database is all information that is kind of fixed and in place. And uh, wouldn't it be nice if you could take that same paradigm of that data and put that data in motion as, as far as applications that are live doing real-time control of various things, whether it's a vehicle or whether it's a patient monitoring device or um, whether it's a, a wind farm or a windmill or some kind. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to share that information across applications uh, as opposed to just uh, between terminals and people working at terminals? And that's kind of what a data bus is. It it, it takes that content it takes and moves it in motion. You you subscribe to information that isn't already happened, but you're subscribing the information that's going to happen. Your application subscribes to that information that's going to happen in the future, so that they can promptly make a, a valid decision on what the next decision is supposed to be for dealing with that incoming data, and then they can generate output data and status information and tracking all of that. So a data bus in essence, is uh, is a virtual concept of live information that's being shared between applications. And that live information is dissected into elements called topics. And those topics basically represent the essence of what that application is trying to accomplish.
0: Right. So you could say one of the biggest differentiators of a data bus and a database is with a data bus, we're talking about data in motion. That seems like the key word there.
1: It is. It's, it's what is going to happen as opposed to what has already happened. It's data in, that's what we call data in motion. It's what is going to happen. But in a database, you have tables of information and you have inside a table, you have columns that define the information that's inside that table. And in a data bus, you have topics and those topics are defined by a structure of fields of information. It's very much, very similar. It's just, information that's happening live, as opposed to information that already happened.
0: Traditionally, systems would send messages through a centralized broker or other technologies alike. DDS works differently and takes on a complete paradigm shift uh, in terms of how the data is shared. Can you talk a little bit about what that paradigm shift is and the best way to understand it?
1: Yeah, that paradigm shift is really... Going from a centralized thing, uh, like a database, is a centralized broker that's holding information. Uh, DDS's paradigm shift is that it's taking that into a peer-to-peer architecture, meaning the, the sources of data are actually directly connected to the uh, elements that want to receive that information to make a valid decision of what their next move should be what their next control element should be right and if you put something in the middle a broker or a database or something in the middle that collects all the information and then sends it out now the busier that your your broker gets the harder it is for it to send its information out when you need it the most it actually becomes less effective when it when you're sending more data it becomes less effective and that's usually when you need it the most and so by with DDS allowing you on a data bus to connect peer to peer, meaning sources are connected directly right. up with their reception points. You don't worry about that thing in the middle, that middleman that's really just collecting information and sending it on, right. right? And DDS takes care of all that complexity for you. So in essence, you, you get the simplicity of the programming by, by just publishing data to a topic and subscribing to that topic. But DDS takes care of all that connectivity and all that peer-to-peer infrastructure. So
0: getting rid of that middleman, is that what we mean when we say we're eliminating that single point of failure?
1: Absolutely. Getting rid of that middleman, it's it's not only a single point of failure, it's a single point of non-deterministic delivery of data it's a single also now a single point of security risk so if somebody hacks into or um uh gets into that broker they now have access to every element that's connected to that broker mm-hmm. right and so uh, by distributing that and distributing the security and d- distributing the data flows themselves so that applications are only working on the information that they care about it completely decentralizes the entire thing, and so no single points of failure in any way, shape, or form.
0: So f- for some of our customers to really optimize their use of ConnectsDDS, they, they utilize what we call a layered data bus. Can you tell us a little bit about what that term means and the importance of a layered data bus in a distributed system?
1: So a data bus, as I've described, is a way for applications to share information. Well, there are cases where not all applications need to share all information. Right. So take, for example, uh, in the new world of autonomous cars inside the car, right? You have the, the actual vehicle control itself, right? The steering and the braking and, and the knowledge that there's an obstacle in front of you or that you're going to be making a left hand turn or a right hand turn coming up. All of that control is localized, right? Well, if you wanted to also share information, from that vehicle with other vehicles, say within a quarter mile radius of you, so that if you're experiencing black ice and your wheels are slipping, you might wanna share that information, but they don't need to know that you're, you know, trying to steer the car to the right or steer to the left or something of that nature, right? So the information that is relevant for the elements that are collecting that information belong on a data bus, but you may need to layer, add more data buses so that at at different layers, they can get the information. So you can have an example of the car, and then you can have another data bus Where application, where vehicles, cars themselves within a 20, a quarter mile radius are communicating with each other. And then you could add another layer data bus on top of that, where you're sending information from your cars, from the speed of which they're, they're traveling and their positions to a traffic management system, right? And so you can share, uh, share data at that now new layer data, data bus that you have at the top. And then if you have a fleet of vehicles, uh, trucks that are out delivering packages or whatever. Uh, then you have a another data bus that can happen all the way at the top layer where you can do fleet management. So it's all about each layer is really about the information that's relevant for the task at that particular layer. Right. How common
0: is using a layer data bus among our customers? Does everybody use them?
1: No, not everybody. Some people just have a very... Uh, localized real-time control task that they have in front of them, and they use a single uh, data bus for that. But there are lots of applications also. So more than 50, probably closer to 65% of our applications use a layered data bus approach in okay. some way, shape, or form.
0: Is it safe to say that the more complex a system, the more likely you are to use a layered data bus? It,
1: it's uh Complexity is interesting. It can be very complex, but at a single layer, right? It's more about scalability, right? It's more about um, the scale of your system and how do you keep the information, the relevant information going to the appropriate levels of, of your application that you need to make valid decisions.
0: So although DDS is far from a new technology, you hear about new emerging technology in the Silicon Valley on a weekly basis. Where does DDS fall among new technologies and fads today? I know 5G is a popular buzzword, but I've also heard of 6G. So how does this affect the data bus?
1: So the, the data bus is, is not a fad, it's a concept. And it's really just the migration of an existing concept that has been around for decades and decades, right? Databases have been used since the, the beginning of, of really computer and computing has been, been happening, right? So, um it's it's not a fad. Now, you, you talk about things like 5G or even 6G as far as increased capacity of your network. Well, those technologies can actually gain the benefit of a of a data bus because a data bus can now uh share more information across various layers or between layers if they need to and the more information you can share the better decisions your applications can make as opposed to people making decisions this is your applications your computing applications the better decisions that they can make as they go forward so yes it i it's really more of a complementary Thing or an enabling technology that helps these other fad things or these other um, technologies really kind of um, shine.
0: Right, and it sort of speaks for itself, too, based on the fact that Connext is running in a lot of soon-to-be autonomous systems that, until then, are monitoring and optimizing data to one day become fully autonomous,
1: right? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, we've been doing autonomy for a very long time. My personal experience, I had, um, worked on an autonomous vehicle back in the mid nineties. So we actually had a, had a car about the size of a, of a small Volkswagen bug that could autonomously drive around a facility and take pictures, right? And that's what its whole job was to drive around a facility and take pictures all the time. But this thing could navigate itself and it used very old technology. We didn't have something like a data bus back then and Sorry if I'm going off. No, no, no. This is interesting. Topic, Go ahead. Right. Um, but so it, it we didn't have something like a data bus back then. We just had what is commonly used by almost everyone out in, in the software world when they want to do networking is they use a thing called a, a, a socket. It's either a TCP or a UDP socket. It's the rawest form of communication. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the data bus leverages sockets underneath, right? But it puts a whole layer on top of it to make it much more easy. And it, the building of this system was so difficult because we had to make sure that every little piece was, was actually set up appropriately. And if one piece was wrong, that vehicle would go off track and it would go maybe down into a ditch, right? Which was not good. Right. Uh, if we had a data bus where we actually centered the application around the data itself, this the it, it would have it, our development time would have been cut in by a factor of five, literally by a factor of five by having a data bus in place. So, I don't know if that answered your question there. Or Absolutely, not, and you know what? Maybe we're going off the a little bit off the beaten path right now, but it's
0: an interesting topic. So, you mentioned sockets. So, prior to the data bus, you'd have to build sockets to communicate two way. Almost, Channels.
1: Uh, I would say 70% of the customers or, or prospects that we talk to today, they use sockets today to st- still do communication. So how, how
0: does that work? So anytime you add a new piece of hardware or a new application, you'd have to custom build a new socket and yes. and
1: add that and custom yes. code that and all that work. Yes, and that in that socket is only going to send data from from source to reception point. It's not going to take care of any quality of service. It's not going to take care of any enforcement. It's not going to enhance it with any security. You have to custom program all of that. Uh if you, if you want to have a, a robust system, right? And so a socket is just the re- the smallest form and, and the layer that you use to do communications, right? Anyone that gets a software engineering degree, they they know how to program to a socket. So there's that's why there's a lot of applications out there built on top of sockets. But DDS just greatly enhances the use of those. Do you find our prospects slash customers in this
0: kind of odd space where they realize that this is sort of an antiquated way of doing things, but they also have this side of them that's like, this is a very mission critical system and it works great the way it's working right now. We really don't want to tamper with it. What's our solution for, for customers who say that?
1: It, it's, uh, it's very interesting. Sometimes we go in and, and we'll, we'll talk to a customer and they'll present to us what they're doing and it might be based on a socket type of application. And, you know, and then we talk about how DDS could help them do this and then help them do this other part of quality of service and data durability and data reliability and lifespan and content filtering and we just keep going and going and going. Mm-hmm. And they realize, wow, I'm having to spend all my time having to program each one of these things custom every time. Why should I have to do that? So some some get it right away and they get the, you, you literally see a light bulb go off in their head when they when they understand the value of what DDS brings to them. And then there's others that are so entrenched in what they do they feel like they cannot change. And it's interesting to see sometimes what they will do is they can see that DDS might be something towards the future for them, but they don't want to touch what they currently have in place. Mm-hmm. And so they'll bring DDS in to, to maybe enhance future capabilities for their system, but they'll leave the old stuff on, on their current technology. And we, we saw this happen with one of our accounts. Actually, they, um, they were, they brought DDS in. And it was only supposed to be doing about 10% of their application and 90% was on the old technology, which was based on Corba. Mm-hmm. If you've ever heard of Corba, they had their whole thing, their whole application built on top of Corba. And within three years, that ratio switched. So it went from, from 10% on DDS and 90% on Corba to 90% on DDS and 10% on Corba. Cause there was that last 10% that they really, truly couldn't just get rid of.
0: That's, that's actually a really good segue talking about use cases like that because as the conversation winds down, I'd like to ask you about one of your favorite use cases that really highlights the benefits of a data bus.
1: Yeah, I would have to say one of my favorite use cases is really the patient monitoring use case where uh, you have um, sensors that are hooked up to people, whether it's measuring um, blood oxygen level or your blood pressure or your heart rate. Or, um, anything of a patient that's in a hospital. If if you've ever had, unfortunately, had to spend any time in a hospital or visited somebody in a hospital, you see all these machines hooked up to them. Well, what happens is, uh, and if you've ever noticed these machines, sometimes they, um, they, a sensor goes bad. And so it starts to beep all the time, right? Or, uh, or, or one of the values is, is no longer, is no longer in the right area. Um, because it's, it's fluctuating because the sensor's in the wrong spot or something of that nature. And it starts to beep or, uh, the, um, oh, what's that called?
0: Seems like something's always beeping in a hospital.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely always something. I'm trying to think of what the, uh, um, what that one piece is called. Oh. It, it, it's the blood drip or not the, the IV. Drip, the IV. Yeah. So the, you know, the flow of the IV. Sometimes the IV uh, the, the hose gets cranked. Mm-hmm. And so that thing starts to beep. But, In essence, there's always something going off right inside the hospital, and so nurses and doctors, they they hear that so much they become immune to it, Mm -hmm. right? By by bringing the the sensors and the in the systems together in the hospital, such that they can now track all the information. Um, they can actually be automated in how they track that information so that when an alarm actually goes off, it actually is a true alarm, so that they're actually coming in and, and actually working on that true alarm. And also the infrastructure by using DDS in a patient monitoring, it now enables any nurse, any doctor, anywhere in the hospital to get live data from any one of their patients. So it gives them a freedom, a, a freedom of care, a freedom of being able to care for any given patient uh, at any time in, in their hospital or even outside their hospital. And that's what I, th- I think is one of the truly great, um, applications that we're working in today. Wow. And I'm very excited about autonomous drive too, but, <laughs> um, but I really love the patient monitoring example. Excellent. Well, I think that's a great place to end. Uh, Bert,
0: I want to thank you again for coming onto the podcast and shedding some light on what a data bus is and all of these use cases. It's, uh, it's really been, uh, really nice. Thank you.